Hey there, and welcome to Networking School, a podcast to sharpen your networking knowledge and add to your network. Join me each week for powerful interviews, strategies you can implement immediately, and connections to professionals you need to know. My name is Tish Times, and I am a sales and networking expert. I've been in the connection business my entire career, and for more than 10 years, I have been teaching entrepreneurs and sales teams to stop wasting time and money with ineffective networking. In addition to running a professional networking organization, I am in love with coaching entrepreneurs to sell with authority and network with confidence. Some of my clients have increased their income by more than 300% with the intentional networking strategies that I teach. It's time to stop playing with your income. It's time for more connections, more confidence, and more clients. It's time for networking school. (laughs) I am so, so pleased, literally honored to have Lori Battaglia in my space here for the networking school podcast. Lori, I want you to tell the people who you are, meaning something that's not in your bio, something you want people to know about you. Wow. Okay, so what's not in my bio is that I am a Reiki master, and for years I studied energy healing and all those kinds of things, and I realized that it actually came down through my paternal side of the family, that my grandmother was also a healer, but I never knew that. And so I really do combine the spiritual with the corporate, and I always said that I was sort of a spiritual being dressed up in corporate clothing. And so I've tried to bring that out a little bit more, but I don't put it in every corporate bio. I hear you. You know, it's interesting. I love asking that question because I always learn something about people that I thought I knew. (laughs) So (laughs) it's it's pretty cool, pretty cool getting to to hear those things, that that other side of of the person. Um, So I believe, and I, I know you know this as well, but I believe that many times our sales and networking interaction is more about confidence and it is about competence. And I believe that generally we kind of grow into that confidence. So tell me, what has been your confidence story? How have you had to grow and change in order to be more successful in your business? Well, you know, some of my story was that I was a 17-year-old mom in my senior year of high school. And so this was in 1973 at a time when those things simply did not happen in nice families, right? I'm going to put that in quotes. Yeah. Um, And so I did finish high school and then I got on with my life and I eventually married his dad. And so much of my lack of confidence story comes from that shame and, and all of those things. Cause I, I knew I was a pretty smart girl. Um, but I made a really bad choice except it ended up with my son. So it's not a bad choice, right? It's all all meant to be. Um, so I think as I went along the way, I found people that found me. I I had people, uh, male mentors, actually, that found me along the way who saw that I was intelligent and I had something going on. They reinforced it more than um, than anybody else did. Uh, one, One of my earliest ones, his name was Rich Mears, and he realized early that I was promotable and I was, um, intelligent and I was going to do all this stuff. 
And so he got me started. He actually got me started also in teaching classes at night in the savings and loan industry. I was in that for 20 years. And that teaching classes at night eventually evolved into full-time work that I did not want to do. So you and I know each other as facilitators and speakers and all this. I did not, I went kicking and screaming into training because I was a very command and control leader at the time. And I found that in the branch system of savings and loans that all of a sudden I was a VP of training. Interesting. And so it, it took a while and it, it, that was another confidence thing where I had to learn different skills. I had to learn influence and soft skills. And I also learned how many people were truly my friends Mm-hmm. And how many people were being nice to me because I carried this clout, this yeah. organizational clout. Wow. And so, that's, uh, that's part of the ego. <laughs> you know, yeah. what's, what's really interesting, you said two things, you said a lot that was really important, but two things really stand out to me is that story in your head around shame and how it impacts yes. our ability to see ourselves a certain way. And the, the thing yeah. I didn't know about you that we have in common that we've probably never talked about is that I also went kicking and screaming into this world. <laughs> I did not. I was very comfortable in my cubicle filling jobs. I was in staffing, remember? And I yes. was very good at it and very yes. happy filling those roles. And my sales manager, actually operations manager at the time, pulled me out of my comfortable little cubicle and forced me into the world of being in front of people, being on stages, doing sales and all those types of thing so that's that's quite interesting yes. that, that that's something we have yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah and and one quick story when I the very first time I got on stage and found that I loved it was as a result of that mentor getting me into these classes at night and I got into this organization that I went into simply because I wanted to not be that person who stayed in her own little hometown for the rest of her life I wanted to get out a little bit and it forced me to do that, to come out of the, the rural and suburban areas of Philadelphia and down into Philadelphia for a lot of things. Mm. And I was chosen by a bunch of the men on that. Um, we, we ran probably a thousand students a month through, it was like running a business, but I learned a lot on that board. And I was the first woman up into leadership in something like 33 years. And I was 33 years old at the time. And they put me in charge of their 50th anniversary banquet. I had never dealt with hotels or any of didn't know what I was doing. So I got the plan from the previous year and I just followed it. And the plan from the previous year was that the guy who had organized it was the MC. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh God, I'm going to have to be the MC. <laughs> so I did it. And I was so, so nervous. And, you know, you have those pivotal moments in life. So I was, I had my, um, I had my tissues and my throat lozenge and my water and a screwdriver drink that I was only sipping because <laughs> you don't want to get up there like just enough to take the fear out, I thought. And I'm, I'm, I'm up there and I'm on the, the dais and I look around and there's a room full of a couple hundred people. And I had never done this before. And I looked around and I was like, oh, this is the best thing ever. Yes. <laughs> and that was it. From there, and I became a speaker after that. You know what, Laurie? I, you know what? We should have talked about this stuff because I had no idea. And I was the same exact way. And to be honest with you, I still get, people are surprised to know this, but I still get nervous before I speak, mm-hmm. still pretty much every time. However, yeah. once I was on the stage for the first time, and every time since then, it's like, 
this is what I was born to do. I just, I love it so much, but it's so funny. Yeah. Most people don't, don't get that, that kind of sense of, Hey, this is all right. I get a little jittery. I still get a little jittery, but, but, um, and I, and I guess I, I'm glad I get a little jittery because it sort of gives me the adrenaline hit. Um, but it's, it's when I go, I get jittery these days when I go into, um, rooms of people and industries that I have no idea, but I know I've done the homework and I have that moment of that imposter syndrome. Cause I talk about that with clients. They're like, well, you don't, I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah I do. Yeah. When I get in the room and I have no idea how this industry operates, but I've done all the homework and I've talked to people and now I've, I just, I'm like a sponge. Now you, you can't get in the room right now. I just did yeah. my first recording keynote for an industry that I don't know. And I couldn't do my normal. Yeah. And and I realized afterwards my son's in that line of work now, so I should have just asked. But it was it it is that moment of like ooh, and then by the time I get on stage, I'm fine. Yeah. I'll say this for, for people who don't know you yet, obviously all of your information is going to be in the show notes. So take a look at that. But Lori is a master instructor, facilitator, um, works with companies and helping their teams to be able to work more, you know, cohesively and then so on and so forth. And you'll definitely, I'm going to invite you to go and take a look at her website because she's phenomenal. The question I want to ask to kind of bring home this relationship is how has networking played a role in first off (laughs) the growing of your business and then let's talk about how networking brought us together how has it how has it played a role in your business first off well so I've become a natural networker so back around that time that I've been talking about back in the 80s um the guys I was working with my peers were getting opportunities to go out and network and I got really angry and I said I wanted to go too and so then I had to put up or shut up And so I did, I sucked it up and I was really nervous, but eventually I realized I'm a people collector. Uh, So when people began to get on LinkedIn 10, 12 years ago, there was this, you know, do you open up to everybody or do you really moderate who's in your network? And I am a come one, come all person because you never know when the next fun thing is going to happen. So my life is actually based on, incredible networking experiences, either in person or ever since LinkedIn, I would tell my husband, I'm going on a LinkedIn blind date. And he's like, okay. <laughs> and it was somebody I met on there has asked me for coffee back in the day, pre-pandemic. Now it's virtual coffee. Right. And um, if I think there's a good connection for some reason, or somebody is just showing up really authentically and saying, I saw you on something and I really would love to talk. I want to know how you got from point A to point B. I'm like, if I can make it work, I will. Yeah. So it has brought me business. I believe in LinkedIn. Like I will sing its praises all day long. It's brought me business that way. Um, But recently when COVID hit for about three months, I had zero income coming in, finished the website, did all that, and then got really upset with like, all right, what's going on? And the things that came in, so then I had a long talk with my uh, guides and angels, as I like to say, like, what's going on? What am I supposed to be doing here? What's the opportunity? And in the next couple of days, people from my network showed up, a coworker who had been sent by my old boss, a person I had done some pro bono work for when she was at the bottom career-wise, 
had me come in to work with her team now where she was in the new organization, which ended up with another coaching gig, like both and. And so the network constantly is what's feeding my business. I have to say I don't love cold calling, so it's usually referrals coming in. I absolutely love that you said that because frequently people don't realize the importance of building your network and then nurturing your network because it does pay off in the long run, especially when the chips are down and everyone's trying to find out those connections like we are right now. So would you be willing to share, you know, your version of the story of how networking brought us together? And I always, you know, how many times do I like text him? Like, I just love you. (laughs) (laughs) We do do the, I love you text going back and forth. It's awesome. Yeah. So um, let's see. So, I did not realize that you and I were at the same event. So when we actually met and talked was years ago. So years ago we were, we were in places at the same time, probably right when you got to Phoenix, I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, I've been here 10 years. You've been here. Six. But I I visited here a few times that event you're referring to. I came down for that event. Uh Aha. Yeah. Okay. So that event, which I didn't realize until I listened to your podcast with Aisha was, that um, that event was Spark and Hustle. And I had run into Spark and Hustle at coach school in LA and thought, and we were like, who are you and what are you doing? And so then it came through Phoenix a couple times. So I think I saw you there. Right. And then you and I both spoke at Felicia Davis's, um, who I know from a, a thing we were in together at, at her uh, Women in Power Symposium. And you spoke and I spoke and I feel like we talked there Yes. and where it really came together. So our paths <laughs> obviously got out of plan, right? Right. Just up against together. each other. Yes. But, you know, <laughs> you meet a lot of cool people that you're like, oh, I really like to do something with them, but nothing ever happens. With you and I, it was Phaedra Earhart's yes. going for the Rise Up grant for NABO, the National Association of Women Business Owners in Phoenix, back in 2017, going and getting an inclusion grant to increase diversity. And I raised my hand and you raised yours saying, I want to be involved in this. And then we all had coffee together. So we've been voluntarily working together since 2017. And now it looks like we're going to have the opportunity to perhaps get paid for that. I know. I know. It's so important for people to realize, you know, I always call it, it's a long game. And it's really about the building of the relationship. And you just never know what's going to happen. Because if had you told me the very first time we interacted, number one, that we would be like buds and talk like 50 yeah. times a week. <laughs> right. I would never right. Know that. And then, you know, to know that some of our background, which we'll talk about in a moment, would allow us to complement each other so well. And yes. now being having opportunities to speak together and train together and bid on projects that we never saw right. happening. But that all started exactly. really embracing what networking can do for your business and for just relationships at large, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Because it's just fun. I, get, I make friends out of networking and I get business out of networking. So for me, and those two things cross over all the time. There's no... All the time. You know, my, my whole line at work thing is work and life is integrated. You can't pull it apart. You think you can, but you can't. And so it's the same thing with networking, personal, business. To me, it's all, it all goes together because a lot of people I do business with are my friends. 
Absolutely. And it should be that way. I think people miss opportunities when they think, this is my work life, this is my personal life, and the two shall never meet. I think we miss opportunities because had that trust not been, you know, built over years, there's no way you'd say, hey, you want to bid on this project with me? (laughs) (laughs) No, so I'm hoping that those who are listening will hear that and not feel like I can't be friends with my clients because some of my very best clients are also some of my very best friends that we've been working together. I have clients that I've worked with, Lori, because of networking since I started my business, literally since I started my business. And some of them were even my clients when I was doing staffing. And they came alongside me when I started the business. So I think that is important. Um, And I got to be real careful because you and I, we could just talk all day. (laughs) I know we have a (laughs) amount of time. So tell me, how would you, if you could, sum up your journey in one word? What would that word be? independence. Mm, Yep. That sounds about right. (laughs) That sounds about right. Yeah. So why do you say that? That is a top value for me. Um, And I would say independence and freedom. And it's really funny because I believe in um, everybody doing their own thing unless it negatively impacts somebody else. And then, so, you know, I believe in masks, even though some might say, no, no, that, that doesn't go. Yeah, it does for me. So independence and freedom. Um, I've always been looking to do things my way. Yeah. (laughs) And so I I kept thinking I had a better plan than a lot of people did. And it took me 22 years from the time I dreamed up my business. And it's kind of funny because I was sitting in this savings alone. They got taken over by the government and saying, there has to be a way to treat people right and make a profit. But I've not seen that done. Hmm. Has to be a way. And then dreamed up this training business that I would do for people who didn't have people like me on staff and then waited 22 years because life kept getting in the way and I'm risk averse and I just saved my pot of money to live off of first and all those things. So yeah, it's a long, like you said, it's a long game. I've never looked at it as, I was raised on a farm. Farming's a long game. Yeah. Like you don't, this year might be bad. Next year, hopefully it will be better. Right. Yeah. So you mentioned LinkedIn, which I, I firmly agree. I believe that LinkedIn is a great place if you know how to utilize it and know how to interact with people well. Yes. What's one game-changing tip that you would give to people who are kind of trying to figure out how to network? And I say online now because right now everybody's having a network online. What's one right. tip that you would give to people to be able to build new relationships with recruiting clients on LinkedIn or wherever else you might think? Well, you know, it's kind of interesting because I just had this, uh, I, have, I have two people I'm working with. One's a cousin and one's somebody was referred in. And I actually connected the two of them yesterday. And we were talking LinkedIn because they're both introverts and it's really hard for them. Yeah. And my cousin got hers up above the 500 mark, which kicks in LinkedIn's algorithms to help you out more. Right. And she also switched her algorithm from all financial people to more government, which is what she wants to get a job in. Okay. And she was sharing how she did that. And it's be open to just about any connection. Yeah. I have over 10,000 connections and you won't really, I've been, I've had creeps show up. Oh, I don't know. A dozen times. Yeah. 20 times. What are the, what are the odds? 
And, you know, so if the guy has two first names and he's on an oil rig, you might want to check that out. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's just like Facebook from that. But there's so few of those there that it's not worth guarding yourself because you can always disconnect, report, walk. Right. And the good that comes from getting that network active and, and larger is just look at everybody as a possible LinkedIn connection, whether you're in a group with them at church, let's say, or maybe you're volunteering in this part of the organization or your Facebook friend. Not all my Facebook friends are LinkedIn because I just don't always think to go look. Right. But sometimes years go by, I've known somebody, I'm like, how are we not connected on LinkedIn? The person will say, I know, right? And we'll connect. So I love it's that. worth it. And I, I love that you're saying be open because the one thing, and we're going to have to do a part two because we can definitely talk a little bit more about some of the topics that yeah. you work on and, and, and teach and train. But I think that as a people, as a community, as a, a nation, we have a tendency, if we're not careful, to only look for people who look like us, sound like us, yes. you know, or maybe in the same industry or, or, or we think quite the opposite. Oh, they're in the same industry. I don't want them to compete with me. And so we need to open up, be more um, welcoming and be realize that there's a lot that can happen within, you know, your, your network if you'll kind of take the time to create it and to nurture it. Okay, so the thing I really would love to hear from you is, who do you believe, Lori, that you are uniquely gifted to serve? What types of companies, what types of organizations are you looking to serve at this point? I'm looking to serve organizations that want to do better with their people. So they, their heart's in the right place. I am preaching to the choirs to some extent. Um, my business coach says, don't try to convert the unconverted because who's got that time? And I used to try that because that's my rebel energy. That's like, let me, you know, it doesn't, it, it's too long of a haul for me. I'm 64, time's a wasting. So I'm, I'm looking for companies that get it, that they really, they know that they have more to do with treating the people well. And then the work that you and I are doing around diversity and inclusion and being anti-racist, it's time has come. Right. So the people that are like, I want to do that, but it's scary and we don't really know how to do it. We got the business thing down right. We can do that, but it's the people and their hearts in the right place. So my role is often I'm the white boomer woman, the white straight boomer woman that's an ally to everybody who's not like me and people who are like me. And I'll, I'll go in and take people by the hand and lead them into the water gently so that they can experience it and get a little grounded and then let, let's take another step. Let's take another step. And that's been my role in life in general. Um, so that's, that's my ideal client is companies. Usually I say when they hit about 500 people, I work with a lot of them that are smaller, but um, when I hit about 500 people and go up to about 5,000 people, that's a sweet spot for me. And I look at it in terms of how many employees versus what your income is. Very good. And I, I want to make sure I mention a lot of people only know me for the sales and networking work that I do. Many of you all don't know, I have a whole other part of my company where we do work in, you know, corporate training and diversity, anti-racism, anti-harassment and all of that thing. And that's how Lori and I have connected and we're able to do some work together. Um, so tell us then, just because people, I want to make sure people are really clear, how do you work with people? So you find these companies who are looking for this type of work, how then do you work with them? 
I have, um, so it's a number of ways, customized training, Mm -hmm. um, usually around leadership and diversity and inclusion goes in there because I talk about building inclusive cultures Yes, and building inclusive leaders. I call it aligned leaders. Um, and, and that can go off in a bunch of different directions, but it's always in the, what they call the soft skills, which I call the essential skills um, yeah. that are going to make or break you. So it can be customized training. I do have a body of work sometimes that we build upon. So in other words, I have a leadership course, but it needs to be made specific to them. We do executive retreats. We do executive coaching and career coaching. And I say we because when I've got overflow, I've got folks like you that I bring into partner and I've got bench members who are experienced coaches and experienced facilitators that I have come along with me. And um, I also find these days of Zoom, you don't want to be there alone yeah, because you can't see everything like you can in a classroom. So it's a different, like people are like, is it cheaper? No, it should actually be more expensive because it's harder to stay on it. So it's co- so to go back, it's training, it's coaching, it's retreats and strategy sessions, and it's um, uh, did I leave anything out? Consulting in general, very good. all around leadership. Awesome. Yeah. And so the next question, I think you might have answered it, but I'm going to ask it just in case we missed anything. If a company, a CEO is sitting in his office right now and saying, I need this, what's the word that he's going to be Googling? What's the phrase he's going to be Googling, trying to find aligned at work, trying to find Lori Battaglia? Yeah, you know, um, I am coming up for the inclusive things, the inclusion. And I'm also coming up when people want to align leadership teams. So team alignment has gotten hits on my website from, you know, totally out of my territory. And then inclusion and diversity is apparently getting a hit on my site as well. Um, So that's when, when he's saying, I don't know what's up with these people. Um, Why can't they get it together and get the, you know, achieve the goals and, you know, and I don't think we're doing it right. Call me. I love that. And especially dysfunctional teams that are just like pulling apart for some reason. Sometimes the CEO is a big part of that. Yeah. Sometimes not, but they're too distant from it maybe. I love that. So as you all are listening, when you're like going ding, 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 I need someone to help me with these things, you know, know. Um, and we'll make sure that we have all of your contact information. But just for those who are listening and may not look right away, how can our audience reach you? The easiest way to me to reach me is Laurie, L-A-U-R-I-E, at Aligned at Work, spelled out, um, and dot com. Or they can go on the alignedatwork.com site and Google and go on there and fill out a contact form. Um, and our phone number is 602-888-0975. Perfect. Well, we will make sure all of that information is included in the show notes. Laurie, I thank you so much. We will have a part two because yeah. I think we need to do a deeper dive on some of the content we kind That'd of talked great. about. But um, I'm so glad I had you today. Yes, thank you. Thank it was fun. You. I know it would be. <laughs> thank you for listening to Networking School. Go grab your complimentary networking handbook at tishtimes.com and make sure to follow and subscribe to Networking School on iTunes. 
Spotify, Stitcher, and all the wonderful spots you go to get your podcast. I would be so very grateful if you left a review of the show. Make sure you follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And remember that relationships are the catalyst for success. So get out there and make some intentional, authentic connections.